Welcome to the third episode of Future. Today, we'll be reading Chapter 3. Chapter 3. I am almost as surprised at the appearance of my lines as I am that my parents left me. I reach out to touch one, then recoil before my pinky can touch the dark cyan line. Did I really just do that? Was I really about to make the same mistake I made four years ago? I back up, suddenly really overwhelmed by the appearance of the lines. For four years, the only place the lines bothered me was in my room, and since I spent half of my time in my room, they bothered me a lot. Now they inhabited the kitchen too? Just to experiment, I exited the burning kitchen and entered the picturesque living room. Nope, the lines were still there. Instead of plopping down on a really comfy beanbag and crying my heart out, I returned to the smoldering kitchen. I know I should be running away screaming, but I felt a need to be there, a need to connect with the red-hot flames. The kitchen is now ablaze with orange, yellow, and red flames that have started to envelop the toaster. Poor piece of bread. As I re-enter the kitchen, my foot slides on the fallen letter, dad dropped, and I fall to the floor. The air is fresher down here, and I gulp invisible mouthfuls. Then another discarded letter falls onto the floor and lands on my head. Without one glance at the slowly spreading flames, I open the letter. It's from those Perchik and Tevya people again, but this one looks much newer. It has a date at the top, June 12th, and the handwriting is just as messy as the previous PS. It displays a definite air of worry. Connor, abandoned mission immediately. Sources has tipped us off that Althea is a goner, to speak in modern-day English. The Trakadira have won. We are in molder, molder, the mortal danger and in need of something, anything. If you must, inform Quinn and Amarantha, especially Amarantha. With her encephalomyelitis, she is more susceptible to the Trakadira. This is an SOS message. Send the messenger Ginny back immediately. Tevya, Perchik is still determined. Our secret agent, you know who I mean, will come with more promising information. I feel like these letters are a timeline, and I'm examining them. Whoever Tevya is, he's a panicked man. Or woman. At first, the mission seemed to be slowly sloping downward, and now it seems the mission has failed. Who are these men and women? Who's the secret agent? What has my father been hiding? As these questions swirl throughout my muddled mind, flames keep licking the utensils around me. Soon, another letter flies into my lap. Dearest Connor, Tevya should not have sent you that dark letter. We have good news. Our secret agent has returned with excellent news. He has attained... Then the letter promptly cut off. Attained what? By this time, a ring of fire circled me. Literally, flames were everywhere. Somehow, the fiery flames were comforting. They were unable to scorch my skin, so they frolicked around me. The fridge and counters were ablaze. Then I lay down and watched the fire dance above me. I stayed that way for about 30 minutes. The flames were very enticing to me. They held a certain magic I couldn't look down from. My mind was strangely blank, and no thoughts of the mysterious letters snagged me. While for any other person, the flames would have burnt their skin to ashes by now, the fire didn't touch me. Experimentally, I reached my arm through the firewall that now surrounded me. It felt like I was dipping my arm in hot bath water. But when I took it out, the word Althea was etched into my arms a thousand times. Althea, 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 Althea. I would have stayed there forever, but old Mrs. Harper from the next door noticed smoke erupting in great daubs from the windows and called the fire department. An hour after I was purposely condemning myself to the fiery kitchen, a tall, handsome fireman ran in with a gas mask and a hose. He immediately began spraying his hose, and the fire was quickly extinguished. After the flames were gone, some part of me felt lost. It felt like heaven, 
sitting in the circle of flames while danger raged in every direction but mine. After the fire was out, the magnifolds that joined me in the kitchen were thrown into a sharper relief. If I could remember one from upstairs, I could have sworn that each line was in the exact same position it had been upstairs. I quickly located mine. The deep violet line that filled me with joy was to the left of Max and the one that had my parents written all over it. The baby blue one I assumed was Amarantha's lay close by. After I didn't exit the kitchen, the fireman knelt down beside me. I hurriedly tucked a letter beneath my knee. I didn't want anybody to see them quite yet. He looked at me with pity in his eyes. Hey, you okay? You weren't here for a while. Sorry we couldn't get her sooner. My voice still nearer than ever, I replied. Yeah, thanks. It would have been good if I wasn't enjoying it. He looked taken aback. You liked being in that fire? Kid, that inferno could have made you get skin grafts, even be scarred for like life, physically and emotionally. Oh, yes, but you should have seen it. It was so beautiful. Each color, every shade of red and orange and yellow flickering and waving to me. I sounded about five years old as I tried to describe it to the firemen. They didn't hurt me. They were just so alive. They were a part of Earth like they came straight from the core. I spread my arms out, trying to relive the fiery fiasco. He snapped me out of my reverie by saying, You're sure you're okay, kid? He looked around. Your parents around here somewhere? Stuck in a closet? Under a table? He leaned in closer. You see, I'm trying to earn my hero's badge. I need to rescue three people. You're one. Got any siblings? Wow, I didn't know firemen had to earn badges. You learn something new every day, I guess. They left me when the toaster started to burn. Do firemen really have to earn badges? Earn 16 near the head, honcho. Forenzi is it now, he snorted. Sorry, can't say that name without laughing. Forenzi, a firefighter? <laughs> oh yeah, my name's Aria. What's yours? He guffawed. I laughed too. Finally, the events of the morning awashed me. I staggered back and he caught me. Hey, little miss, you absolutely sure you're okay? In response... I held out my arm, which still had Althea, 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 etched on by the fire. What's that for? He examined my arm. Hey, a little young for tattoos, eh? Little miss? Althea. My name is Althea. I gasped and then fainted into his arms. I awoke a while later. Ario the fireman is gone and mom is hovering over me, eyes creased. But it doesn't look like mom. Her hands are withered claws, and her eyes are large silver spheres. They light up when they see my blue eyes open, and her mouth curves into a leer with yellow teeth gleaming. Oh, Althea, she exclaims and calls out loudly, Connor, she's up. Dad rushes in, and Marantha tucked on his hip, crying. Mom takes Emma and lets Dad in her, into her place over my sick bed. Althea, are you all right? I smile and try to say, yes, Dad, I'm fine. But the words get stuck somewhere in my throat and mouth, and they won't come out. Instead, a harsh gurgling escapes. Althea? I try to make another noise, but I can't. My vocal cords are gone, withered away by fire. I can't talk. I can barely breathe. Suddenly, the overwhelming feeling of claustrophobia comes over me, and I attempt to scream, but nothing comes out. I scream loudly, but no one hears me. My family turns away from me, and clown music erupts from the very air. I am being squeezed to death by flickering flames that lick me, and this is time they don't burn my skin. They fade it to a non-existent gray color that is blown away by a wind, a wind that joins the fire into pushing me into a small space, too small. I wait for real this time, and no one is hovering over me. The ceiling has one of Mom's earlier paintings, a gray chickadee surrounded by flowers on it. When Mom ran out of canvas or some kind of material she needed, she would paint the windows and doors and ceilings until Dad came back, loaded with about 50 canvases. 
I turn my head and mutter the word Althea. It comes out hoarse, but it comes out. My dream horrors are not true in this life. I can talk! And as I move my arms, I do not feel as if the walls are closing in on me. The first person I see and hear is Amarantha. She's singing along to Dr. Bob's TV Time for Kids on full volume. When my brain is empty, 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 empty. Despite mommy's tears, I go right to the TV. Turn on channel 589741 and watch Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob is the best. Dr. Bob is a blob of amazingness. Dr. Bob is dad from another mother. Dr. Bob's TV time for kids. Despite my worries, I can't help laughing. Literally, a blob of amazingness? Is this guy even educational? Then I see the opening scene of the show. It features a fat guy with a shiny head and an ugly bow tie. He has on a crumpled shirt with a picture of a hot dog that says, I like hot dogs, and it has a mustard stay down the front. Huh, guess the guy really does like hot dogs. Amarantha practically worships him. What is the square? Dr. Bob booms. A slide full of small circles and triangles with a huge neon yellow square in the middle fills the circle. Amarantha ponders the question, then points to a minuscule magenta circle. Wow. Just wow. I turn my head more and see the fireman, Aryo, at the door, a plastic cup of something in his hand. He sees that I'm awake and then runs over and kneels beside me. He's so kind, staying here with my while my parents dealt with the ruined kitchen. You okay, little miss? Pretty nasty experience back there. I nod weakly and he calls loudly, the relief evident in his voice. Mr. Mrs. Pruitt, Mr. Pruitt, Althea's up. Mom and Dad both rush in, looking tired and worried. I feel sympathetic toward them. Their kitchen is destroyed, and one of their daughters practically murdered by the flames that caused such destruction. Mom hurries over and then says slowly, Please, Arfie, call us Quinn and Connor. We were friends in high school. I must look surprised, because Mom says quickly, Me and your dad were friends with Arfie and Forense when they were just a mere 17 years old. She laughs. Aryo pouts childishly, then sits back on the couch watching Ama. I shakily sit up, the quilt falling around my knees as I stretch and yawn. I can still feel my name on my arm. It doesn't hurt, just tingles a bit. I pull back my sleeve. Mom has put me in her main is the main state sweatshirt and my pink pants, and the etchings reveal themselves. This time they are not as bold as they were in the fire. They are faint, slowly erasing themselves as if some invisible hand has hold of a fat pink eraser before my very eyes. Mom examines me, looking for obvious burns or other skin damage. Her hands feel icy, but I accept them. Her small hands are a break from the suffocating heat. I shake my head cle- I shake my head to clear any lingering memories of the enticing fire and then stand. Amarantha somehow hasn't seen me before this moment, but she sees me now and barrels toward me, nearly knocking me over. Whoa! I exclaim, hand on the couch to steady to myself. Ama, mom rushes toward me, worry more evident than ever. For what must be the first time ever, mom scolds Ama. Amarantha, you have to be careful. Your sister isn't ready for such energetic behavior. Amarantha's response? To let out a blood-curdling scream. I cover my ears and run upstairs. I just cannot listen to Dad and Arya, who are chatting, Amarantha scream, Mom trying to comfort, and Dr. Bob, who is still babbling aimlessly behind me. The last thing I hear before the chaos reaches 100% is, So, children, yes, even you, dear Althea, who is the murderer? I don't ponder the disturbing last words as I walk back up the stairs to my room. As I enter, the string that 
strikes me as surprising is that the lines, um, magnifolds, are quiet today. Or as quiet as they can be for lines of energy that are influenced every time someone makes a choice. Here, let me explain. I think you really need it. Imagine each person makes 30 choices a day, whether big or small doesn't matter. Every time that person, we'll call her or him Bailey, makes a choice, their magnifold, say it's dark sky blue, jolts. If it's a large choice, the magnifold jolts hugely. If it's a small choice, like picking which cat litter for baby, the magnifold will jolt almost unnoticeably. If Bailey makes a bad choice, like calling Mackenzie on the playground a jerk, their line will darken. I made a bad choice with Mac four years ago, which caused my line to go from lilac to iris. Mac made a bad choice by leaving us, but I guess whoever picks Future Makers didn't know I accidentally made Mac leave us. It's not like he could fight it. He didn't have any choice in it. His line still darkened, and so did mine. When Bailey called Mackenzie a jerk, their their sky blue line darkened. But when they apologized, their line will probably go back to its original color. Usually, the magnifold just lightens a smidge. Lately, I have seen more darkenings and less lightenings. And if you make too many bad choices, your magnifold will turn black and disintegrate. I guess this means death? No, no one ever came and told me, Hey, Althea, this is how to run the universe. I have learned this over the past four years. I have been experiencing the lines. I wish everybody could see the magnifolds so I could show them how their choices, however small, affect them in ways they cannot see. As I am thinking this and wishing, a bright orange magnifold gives a huge jolt. Uh Uh-oh, this usually means someone had just made a life-changing choice. It begins to thrash around like a worm, knocking other magnifolds askew. I grab the huge scepter on my desk and use it to yank the rogue magnifold back into place. As always, a bright light fills the room, creating a soft breeze that sends my slightly red hair flying in silky tendrils. And then it stops almost as quickly as it started. It always does. After the wind dies down, the orange magnifold is just as settled as the one next to it. The other magnifolds seem wary around the the disturbed magnifold. They emit a wary feeling. But soon they go back to their invisible spots, and I look closer to the orange magnif- at the orange magnifold. Seeing that it has darkened almost three shades saddens me. For the unknown person who made a bad choice and doesn't know how it will shorten their life forever.